0: Hi, this is Alex McCauley, the writer and director of Don't Tell a Soul, and you're listening to the Don't Go Out There podcast.
1: In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There horror movie podcast welcome back everybody to the don't go out there horror movie review podcast i just want to thank all our fans and listeners we really appreciate all support Uh, and tonight we have another awesome interview for you guys we are joined today by a fairly newcomer to the business who has hit the ground running with projects like flower and now don't tell us all which features finn whitehead mina Mina savari jack grazer and rain wilson we are referring to writer and director alex mccauley Alex, thank you so much for joining us today.
0: How are you doing, buddy? I'm good. Thank you guys for having me on. I'm excited to be here.
1: Oh, yeah. We're excited, too, man. Can you just tell us, let's kick this off. Just tell us, firstly, what got you into this business?
0: Well, I started out, I always wanted to make movies growing up. I grew up in Texas and Ohio and um, wanted to make movies, but I didn't know how to begin that process or start doing it. So I started getting really into music and writing and all the things that were more affordable to do than make films and then um i wrote a a book called bad girls that was kind of like a female lord of the flies like a thriller horror um and it got it got published and um a studio ended up picking up the rights to it and they never made it into a movie it was paramount but they had like big plans and that didn't happen but um, but they brought me out to LA and then at that point once I was out in Los Angeles I was like oh I got to work on figuring out how to make um, movies so then I started writing screenplays and I wrote this movie called Flower um, that was a, a comedy but definitely some dark and weird elements in it and there's a there's a murder um, and then off of that I just had written a bunch of scripts and then um, this script Don't Tell a Soul was one that people really liked and so um, I just got to get one of my friends, uh, Chris Mangano is a producer out here and he knew somebody who was funding indie movies who became our other producer, Mary Kay Poe in Kentucky. And then um, and then we just made this thing. It was a true labor of love in terms of low budget filmmaking.
2: Yeah, we actually, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we actually got a little bit of a screener on uh, of this movie. And listen, it's it's amazing. Like, it, it's great. Everybody's going to really love this, I think, when it comes out. Um, you know, can, can you tell us a little bit about the movie? Um, don't Tell us all.
0: Yeah, so the premise is pretty straightforward. It's something that was based on stories that I heard when I was growing up in Texas. So it's these two brothers, a younger one and an older one. The younger one is sweet-natured. The older one is um, pretty much a jerk. and uh, they end up robbing a house that's been tented for termites because they know there's some money in it. and on on their way out, they're spotted by a security guard played by Rain Wilson, and he's chasing them and he, and he falls in an old well or a cistern and he gets trapped. So it becomes like a moral dilemma for the kids. The younger one wants to obviously do the same thing and get the police and help this guy. And the older one doesn't because he knows the guard could report them and then they'd be busted for stealing. So where the movie goes from there, there are some big twists. It gets really dark. I think of it as sort of like an emotional, moral horror movie. Um, not so much on the gore front, but just in terms of how the brothers spiral out of control and uh, what ends up happening to them and to Rain Wilson's character and the whole. It also has um, an actress. I love um, Mina Suvari, who was so great in American beauty and American pie. Um, and uh, she plays the mom of the boys and she's a uh, um, kind of a, a sad and, and wretched character, or at least appears to be. So putting her in a, in a horror movie context was a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, that's a That's a basic setup. Um, there's a, there's some crazy twists. So I don't want to give that part away. Right. But, uh, yeah, don't do that. But yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a wild ride. I would put it that way. <laughs>
2: so so this being your first feature film i mean is there anything that that you learned maybe a lesson or anything that you uh will carry with you moving forward in your career
0: i learned i mean i had a blast making it in terms of what i learned i think you know time speed is of the essence like it's it's i mean we made this movie in um 17 18 days and these were really long i mean most of the movie takes place out outside and we shot it right before christmas outside louisville so it was it was pretty cold and we got snowed on and rained on and just being able to make each day in terms of how much we filmed um was uh it was that part was tough and we did it we pulled it off we had a great crew that was mostly local people from that area who were just big movie fans so i think that in preparation too i mean i felt well prepared going into it but um you know halfway through i was like wow you know the more preparation the better just to Right. to uh, get it done and, and make something cool.
1: Alex, Don't Tell a Soul has a pretty seasoned cast of actors and actresses. Can you tell us what it was like or if anything stood out working with some of these people?
0: Yeah, I mean, they were all, I feel like I got so lucky with all of them. Like, so I talked a little bit about Mina, who's, who's amazing to work with and um, just incredible. And then the, the guys as well. I mean, the, the two guys, the two actors playing the kids. So one, Jack Dylan Grazer, is, uh, he actually has a show on HBO now called We Are Who We Are. And he's, a, he's one of the kids in It and uh, right. Sequel. And uh, he's also in Shazam. And so he he is like the most talented kid ever he was 15 when i worked with him he's just like a little brilliant acting genius it's wild to see that when i was was 15 i was like you know really basic (laughs) as a human and so right he's just evolved um you know in this great way and then finn whitehead who plays his older brother was in dunkirk and black mirror bandersnatch he's the main guy in that and and in this he obviously plays an american and he kind of like bulked up for the role um to be more menacing and he's incredible too i mean he's just like an amazing actor like you just look at a script and it would be memorized and he brought a real sense of authority and menace to the role and in real life he's like the nicest (laughs) cool guy to like hang out with and and talk to in the movie he's so pretty scary and intimidating um and then they, the guys look alike too, which I really got lucky on. And then, of course, Rain Wilson is amazing. Like, I'm a right. big fan of The Office and Dwight. And, you know, like I said I, before, I think we started recording, I was, you know, I know of him from House of a Thousand Corpses and, um, you know, which he loved making. I asked him all my nerdy questions about, you know, working with Rob Zombie. I'm a huge Rob Zombie fan. So, right, um, me too. And, like, yeah, so he, he was, so Rain was amazing. And Rain brought, like, all his, um both his his comic abilities and dramatic chops to it and was really like he's really inspiring too because he's set, i mean he's really pretty famous and he's was the most down-to-earth like humble guy who would just also you know he had to get in this hole he spent part of the movie a lot of the movie in a in a hole in the ground and so he yeah, it was not a pleasant shoot it's really muddy or rainy and dirty right. and, and so he was he was just down for everything i mean he really he loved the process and that was great to see and experience well, I mean, speaking of that, is there anything you uh, you found to
2: be like most challenging uh, about making this film? I mean, did did COVID play any
0: part of uh, any challenges you may have? Well, we got we got lucky on the COVID front. We made it before COVID hit. I think okay, it would great. Tough. Yeah, I think it would have been a lot tougher to make during the the you know COVID era. I think the challenge, the biggest challenge that I walked into was was the weather situation because I grew I grew up an hour and a half away from. Where we shot this, uh, I went to high school in Dayton, Ohio, and uh, so this is on the other side of the river. And so I knew I knew the area well, and I knew that winters can be rough there. But I didn't; I hadn't really appreciated how spending the whole day outside could be really brutal. And so there are right. some shots that we really wanted that I really wanted to get, where we're looking up out of the well, and it was always challenging because some days it would rain part of the day, it would be snow it would sleet and everyone's out there standing around freezing too. So it's hard. It's a hard environment, you know, to keep forging ahead and, and, and it worked out great at the end, like when we needed it to stop snowing, it finally did. But I think, I think weather was definitely for everyone on that shoot, the biggest challenge by far. We all had like hand warmers and like, we're wearing like five layers of clothes and like, we all got wet. We'd be like soaking wet at the end of the day from being in the mud and everything.
1: Oh man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I could tell y'all were cold in this movie. Um, Alex, you're a writer and director. Is there anything that stood out as the most different between the two processes? And do you prefer one over the other? Or do you yeah, like them both equal?
0: I, I love them both. Directing's more fun because it's just involved. Like, writing for me is, is, I love writing, but it's just me sitting at a computer in my room. And it's it can be solitary and kind of lonely. With directing, it's like, a bunch of friends, a lot of cool people or interesting people, right. hang around. A lot of it's a lot more action oriented. So I get and being outside is fun. I'm not kind of um, chained to my computer as much. So I mean that to me was, a, was was definitely more fun. I would say of the of the two processes.
2: So what's the most challenging? I, I'm trying. And and when I'm asking some questions, I'm trying, since I've seen the movie, trying to not delve into spoiler <laughs> territory for sure. But uh, so speaking of that, you know, what's what's the most challenging part about doing, you know, like this press for a film with so many twists, turns and spoilers? I mean, is there a level of secrecy on set that you have to uh, to keep or,
0: or is that anything different about that? I think on set we were pretty open. You know, everyone kind of had the full script and knew it they were getting into in terms of the movie's release like I think the main thing was just like the trailer like the like the Saban and Lionsgate who you know put it in the movie out did it did a great job with the trailer they didn't reveal like the big twist right because I think that was my worry I was like oh no what if they um you know reveal this twist in the trailer and no one's hey. gonna
1: hey not to interrupt you but which twist i watched it there was a bunch of them (laughs) i felt like i was watching a saw movie
0: yeah oh yeah for sure and that final act there's like a, it goes you know in a wild direction but i'm thinking like there's one big moment that comes kind of at the end of the second act and so i was afraid they have a lot of footage of that um but uh but luckily they didn't and people have been reviews have been pretty good too about not spoiling or revealing like um you know, uh, how it plays out. So I think, you know, definitely, I mean, I love movies with twists. I mean, I'm a big fan of like anything from, you know, Hitchcock to, to, I guess the good M night Shyamalan movies, like no, yeah. it, it's hit or miss for sure at this point with him, but it's like, exactly. the good ones are good. And, you know, so I love, I love a crazy twist that I never saw coming. You know. Uh,
1: did you have anything that stood out as like your favorite part of making don't tell a soul?
0: I think like you know some of the some of the parts I really love were watching the actors just unleash their their talent and skills so there'd be like the, the amazing interactions between um uh Jack Dylan Grazer and Finn Whitehead where they kind of like became brothers almost in real life over the course of the shoot cuz Finn's old you know Finn's like probably 6 years older than him and okay. so so they really they really bonded. He kind of took Jack under his wing and, and Jack is super sweet natured guy, too. So that was really fun to, to witness that. But just their interactions on screen. It'd be funny when on screen they're like beating the crap out of each other. And then when I call cut, they'd go back to being like really good friends and just hang <laughs> out <It's been laughs> a while to see how quickly they could transition from um, their characters back to normal life.
2: Yeah, and and I mean, I'm sure you can speak to this, but you know, some of the best movies have you know a personal touch to them, and and you can really tell that you put a lot of your heart and soul into this one uh, for sure. Um, you know, it, the movie seems personal
0: to you. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh yeah, and thanks. Yeah, I mean, definitely it was it was a labor of love, and I was I mean, it was inspired a lot by my experiences growing up and stuff I had seen. So like kids robbing houses that had been tenanted for termites or someone getting stuck somewhere and not being able to get out. These are all sort of real life things and stories that were floating around. And the relationship between the brothers was, my dad growing up had an older brother who was, who was kind of a hellraiser. Um, and they had a really complicated relationship. So as a kid, I got to witness that. And, and so, and then I used parts of that in this story where it's kind of like, so I guess my dad would be like, the younger sweet-natured brother in this story but definitely drew on my life and just those, just the environments too like that coal plant and some of the the neighborhoods that i don't really see on screen very much but growing up that was definitely like what the world looked like you know and still looks i mean nothing really changed there from when i went i mean i went to high school in the 90s and it was still looks the same as it did back then you know some places just don't change except <laughs> so, for right. better and worse like but uh so yeah so that was uh that was interesting for me to go back to. I hadn't been back in a while. You know, so it was fun to go back and to get it on screen.
1: So, uh, uh, Alex, we only have, you know, one more question for you about what your future plans are, but I just want to give my quick thoughts real quick on this movie, and I won't spoil anything. Um, I'm I'm not sure what your interpretation of the movie is. You can tell me if you want to, but I really felt like this was a relationship movie uh, between the family members and Joey, I felt like he had something missing in him that he found with Hanby. Uh, very powerful movie for from a relationships from a family relationship standpoint. Because I'm kind of in the, not in the same situation per se, but I have a little brother, just me and him, and I, we were with a single mother, so I related to that. And it was very powerful. In I guess you can say at the end of the second like you were talking about when. I think you, I mean, Alex, you know what I'm talking about. The powerful moment in the house, Uh, uh, very, very touching. Um, I can kind of understand where the older brother is coming from. You know, he feels like he has the burden of the family on him. Uh, The little brother looking for something in Hamby. I love that as well. And I can't help but not think of Silence of the Lambs, watching him at the bottom of the uh, of the well. <laughs> it's oh, not as demented, but you kind of you have to get that uh, feeling. I think. Oh, uh, yeah. What can I can I ask you what your interpretation of the movie was? Because I felt like it was a a family relationship movie, honestly. That oh, all came full circle, kind of.
0: Definitely so. I mean, I, I like I grew up really, you know, watching a lot of the classic. So I always, I always loved horror, Sam Raimi, like early Sam Raimi. And, but I also loved and watched like a lot of the Spielberg movies of that era. So it's like, uh, or even like, I mean, I guess who knows what role Spielberg played in it. But Toby Hooper is right. like older guys where it's like, where, where all these crazy things are happening, but it's still centered around an emotional core and a family that's in crisis. So I felt that way very much with the movie. It's like, um, when Hamby turns up, he's like a surrogate, potential surrogate father for Joey, and he's someone Joey can bond with and latch on to. And then um, because of things that have uh, gone on in, in Hamby's life, there's maybe reasons why he's drawn to making a bond with Joey and trying to do something good. And so I felt that way, too. I always, I'm always drawn to um, families, I guess, also just from my own life, like families that are either troubled or in some kind of crisis state and uh and seeing how that plays out and seeing how everyone is is always searching for some way to uh to bond with other people and make their life better so absolutely like i i agree i mean that's a big core theme that runs through the whole movie
1: yeah i really liked it man it was uh it was a powerful and, and you shot the movie great too it was a powerful movie i really liked it and and like and another i am just referring to a question we did earlier the cast helps it a lot too because I mean, it, obviously, if you're a fan of certain actors or actresses and they're in the movie, you know, it gives you a connection because you're a fan of them. But what's what's up next for you, Alex? What else do you have coming up on the docket besides Don't Tell us All?
0: Well, I'm working on a couple. You know, I always have a bunch of scripts and ideas going because it's hard. It's hard to know what um, sometimes I think I have something amazing and then it's hard to get anyone interested in it. And other times it's like I have something a little more offbeat that people like. So. Yeah um i've mainly been trying to get a, a tv show um off the ground about bank robbers it's kind of like a family of bank robbers and there's there's a few big twists in that so i'm a big fan of like crime movies and thrillers and just really gritty stuff and like i always used to i guess it's always sort of a fantasy too i'm always like yeah i mean i know it's not cool in any way shape or form to rob banks but there's still something alluring about that oh, yeah like that renegade lifestyle i guess so it's like uh, so. That's ma- that's mainly where my energy's been going. I have another, um, another few sort of horror scripts I'm working on, and potentially adapting one of the one I wrote. This other YA novel called *Oblivion Road*. It's about a bunch of convicts who encounter a bunch of high school kids who are on this field trip, and they sort of match wits with each other. So, it's thinking about going back to that as a core idea and making something um really cool out of that but yeah so i'm been hoping you know i'm hoping that the response to don't tell us all um you know allows me to direct more movies too that'd be great
1: and before we let you guys want to say another movie that it, this movie kind of made me think about was uh good night mommy i don't know if you've seen that or not but it's about two young boys and their kind of disabled mother so it made me think of a lot of movies I like, so that was that was a good thing, Alex.
0: <laughs> oh, that's great! I got to. Che- I've not seen that one. I got I got to check that out for sure.
1: Yeah, you t- if you want to talk about some darkness, that's a dark one. Uh, <laughs> we just want. If we just want to thank it. you for coming on the show, man, uh, can you tell us again where the audience can find uh, "Don't Tell a Soul"? Yeah, don't they don't, want to don't check it out.
0: Don't, yeah, "Don't Tell a Soul" is in is in theaters right now in in about fifty cities. It's in about a hundred theaters. Also it is on and probably the easiest way to find it it's on all the video on demand platforms so iTunes, Vudu, um all all of those Amazon. So pretty much if you if you have a computer you can find your way to uh, to watching it. Um and if you're if you live in a place where theaters are open, definitely I mean I love seeing movies on the big screen. I'm in California where I can't do that right now. Um but uh but if you can and it's uh, playing at some drive-in movie theaters too, which is amazing cuz I grew up with those in Texas and so, um, so yeah, it's out, it's out there and, and yeah, you know, I hope that people see it and dig it.
1: Oh yeah. I highly recommend it to everyone who's listening to get to check this movie out. It's, uh, it's got an awesome cast. It's got uh, an awesome setting cinematography and it's got a powerful message, especially if you have, uh, some family stuff going on. It's very powerful. Hey, man, thank you for coming on the show. We really appreciate it.
0: Well, thank you both. Thank you for having me on, and I really appreciate it too. And uh, yeah, I'm going to check that. What was that movie called? I'm going to check it out. Call, good, call
1: good, good Night, Mommy.
0: Good Night, Mommy. Okay, sweet. Okay, thanks, guys.
1: No problem. Thank you. And I uh, just want to remind everybody to. Uh, Don't
0: out there. Come to the soul that you saw here today.